So uh, before I start, I would invite you to tease my younger brother because his name is on the, uh, the pamphlet, Hunter Gatton. He's sitting right over here. He has long hair and uh, cheetah. Um, I'm Hudson Gatton, his older brother. <laughs> but anyways, my faith in Jesus began at a young age. I knew how to act and speak like a Christian, but I wasn't sure exactly what people were talking about when it came to things like the Holy Spirit. As I grew older and moved away, whispers of doubt crept into my mind more and more, thinking things like, maybe religion really is an opiate for the masses after all. Experiencing all this uncertainty became overwhelming, and I kept pushing it off in my head by just focusing on doing whatever I wanted. During this time, I became certified as an EMT and began working in the Twin Cities. I was put into situations that I could never have imagined, meeting people from all walks of life. The old saying, truth is stranger than fiction, was constantly playing out right in front of me. And I looked this up, and I don't know who said it originally, but I like the, uh, the C.S. Lewis version of that quote, which includes, fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities and truth is not. Emergency medicine jobs can be strange because you go from eating dinner on a quiet Tuesday to suddenly treating patients and consoling loved ones who are experiencing possibly the most traumatic event of their life. And when it's all over, you go back to finishing dinner and then are expected to somehow fall asleep. I had no idea how to understand or process a lot of the things happening around me. Instead of turning towards Jesus, I decided that I was angry. I became bitter and selfish, and it showed in my relationships. To use the good old souls as ships metaphor, I was in a stormy sea with no anchor or bilge pump. It became harder and harder to run away from the original uncertainty that I felt, and I was exhausted. In 2020, out of nowhere, I was offered a travel job in Manhattan, in a Manhattan emergency room during the outbreak of COVID. I was nervous, but something told me that I just had to go. The first thing that I saw was a freezer truck parked outside because the basement morgue was already full. A medical director took her own life the day after I arrived. Shortly afterwards, I got the news that back home, one of my old EMS mentors had overdosed and died on April 24th. I felt completely lost spiritually and surrounded by seemingly senseless death. During each shift, I completely depersonalized myself in order to function. Walking home from the hospital each morning, people would lean out of their apartment windows and shout encouragement and hold thoughtful signs for the healthcare workers. But I could hardly notice them as I would start to drink alcohol and smoke weed with the rest of them until I was numb enough to just pass out. This cycle continued until one night around 3 a.m., I found myself alone next to a woman who was dying. She had a purple do not resuscitate wristband on. When I heard her call out a woman's name, I knelt next to her bed so I could be eye level with her. She seemed suddenly oriented and alert, the complete opposite of her previous disposition. She asked, you are not from around here, are you? And I told her quietly, no, Minnesota. She smiled and said, well, you are a New Yorker now. As she reached out to hold my hand, I held her hand in silence until eventually the assistive alarm rang out from the monitor and she was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. 
As the shift ended and 7 a.m. rolled around, the deceased woman's daughters came to the front desk in tears. Immediately, the oldest daughter described having a dream the previous night, wherein she knelt beside her smiling mother's bed and held her hand. Hearing this in the background, suddenly I was wide awake in more ways than one. I stopped filling out paperwork and I stood up as if I was going to say something, but I could not bring a single word to my mouth. My mind was filled with all of the events that I had previously labeled coincidence or coping or whatever, and it was the first time in years that I had prayed, and all I could say to God was thank you. I also couldn't help but laugh and think, of course, this would happen at a hospital called Mount Sinai. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I wish I could tell you that everything was just magically better afterwards and my life suddenly went on easy mode, but I continue, to st- I, I continue to stumble, doubt, suffer, and just generally uh, cuss and carry on inappropriately. <laughs> However, something crucial had changed inside of me. I was starting to open up to the Holy Spirit. I had been living my life like a horse with blinders and earmuffs on, pulling completely unnecessary burdens in whatever direction the world pushed me. Living like that, afforded me a kind of dull comfort, but I was ready to see the colors for what they are and not what I wanted them to be. Throughout every darkness, Jesus had been, had been there with open arms, and all I needed to do was move towards him. Fear and shame still find ways to creep into my life, and I think about the comfort of wearing those blinders again. But God's will is so much better than anything that I could come up with. I experienced the Holy Spirit move like some deeply rooted intuition beyond my own, a spiritual uh, gut feeling of sorts that I think uh, we as humans can probably never fully describe with just words or the English language or any language. And one place that the Spirit has led me is right back here, back to the worship on Sundays and the fellowship of other believers. And despite never planning for it, I also felt a nudge from God last year to be a leader in the youth program, and um, it's been amazing. I love the way that the kids view the world. They see things from a fresh perspective without the jaded callousness that is like super easily found in adults. And I, I think that the kids have, it's corny, but I think the kids have probably taught me more than I've taught them. <laughs> I think it's true. So I don't know how to end, and I'm just going to leave you with uh, 1 John 1 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ.